Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Italia, 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 Italia. Buonanotte, ciao amici. It's a great night here in Italia. Welcome along to El Quattrum. This, of course, is a celebration. This means this is a celebration of football going home of course back to the founders of football of modern day football in italy as we all know um, it was it used to be a game that was held around florence between the four warden fa- families it involved a pig shaped splatter and they kicked it from one end of the village to the other end of the village and that's where modern football was uh, invented so stick that up your bollocks it's great to be home have you, um, have like, you just changed that like with a story from england you've just put florence you've just inserted florence in. <laughs> no 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 that's it's true hey listen you worry about your flux capacitor there it's, it's okay no problem. Imagine, we go okay, back and very nice very nice yeah. what you have thing there oh, <laughs> it it's is, only a standing where do you see it the looks melted it, come here it's is um, that is, is is your flux capacitor covered in cleaning filler by any chance no it's um it's <laughs> it's the catalytic converter off uh <laughs> <laughs> camry yeah, lovely. Good evening. Welcome along to the forum. This, is, of course, is the Monday night show. It's the fourth show of the season, uh, fourth show of season 21 22. Um, and tonight we're going to be talking about a range of four topics on the forum, of course. Um, joining me tonight, below me, I have is Gav Doyle, um, top man to Gav. Great to have you on board. It's, it's lovely to see you. Uh, over on this side here, where my arm is gone, someday I'll be able to get my arm to go through the Shane's Gaff. Hello, Shane. Great to see you. <laughs> Hello, Phil. Uh, you wearing your Inter Milan? Uh, yes, yes, well done, Absol- like absolutely. Sweating um, just to make a point. And then on this side, I, I, I changed my T-shirt, and this is the only time I'm going to be able to put my arm up in the air like this tonight, because by the time I start to sweat, it's going to be, like, <laughs> be on a two-tone T-shirt. On this side, this part of the gaff, of course, is Andy Young. Hello, once Andy. Don't, hello, once you don't start smelling your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, great to have you. 
Great. It's great, great. to have you all. I hope you're all uh, well rested and your brains are all ready for tonight's debate on football. Um, because that is what we talk about on a Monday night. It's great to have all the people in the comment section seeing all, seeing all the, the names and everything like that. Um, and thank you, Laura. I just want to flash that up there. Uh, just so you know there, Gav, stick it up your bollocks. Phil is correct. It was called Calcio Fiorentino. Do a bit yeah, of no, I'm just, listen, um, I'm just, I, I remember hearing that story, but I think it was based in England somewhere. Um, like <laughs> Slough. It was bought, brought by a Florentine merchant to Slough. Oh, when he okay. moved over. Yeah, yeah it, was, right. it was the it was the 1700s version of the office. They took the, it was like they had the Italian office. <laughs> Wearing a mug. <laughs> yeah, and they brought, they brought it over to the UK instead. Cool. Right, um, right, look, uh, first topic up. It is, again, the football season has returned. We've seen all the lovely, lovely pictures. The wonderful pictures of our beloved Liverpool out in Austria currently. Um, many great things have come from Austria um, can't think oh, of anything at the moment. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, we cannot mention a place name now without Phil going. Oh, remember, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm stopping this fucking trend now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the guys are out in the, in, in the mountains in Austria, and um, we've seen some wondrous pictures today. We've seen Virgil van Dijk, Ibrahim Akanate, Joe Gomez, Ben Davis. Um, and all the lads there, it was great to see them all back being fit. And even, even Alex Oxley Chamberlain managed to turn up. And uh, there was there was meant to be lads there from like Carius and um, all the other fellas that we'd forgotten about, like Marco Grujic. Um, but Shane, this is your topic. You yeah. want to talk about football being real football being back and having something really to look forward to, given where the squad is at the moment, especially as we start preseason with the amount of players that we have heading into a full preseason with Klopp. Yeah, I think a lot, a lot of uh, grounds for optimism, particularly the angle I was kind of coming at was even with the busy summer that was had with the Euros and the Copa America, um, our players that were even involved in them, I think, are, uh, are quite rested. I know when um, the Brazilian Alisson only played two games uh, out of the seven or eight that they played, Fabinho was the same. He only started two. He came on until very late. Firmino had a bit more of a workload. I think he kind of spread it with uh, Gabriel uh, Jesus. Obviously, Trent picked up that injury, missed the Euros. Henderson played very little. Well, lucky enough, well, not lucky enough, but Van Dijk didn't try and burst his, his balls to get back to playing the Euros. He just said, look, I need to be thinking bigger picture, longer term. So he's obviously coming back in fresh. And I just I, I just think that there's, a, there's a lot of things to be looking forward to as regards coming into pre-season now. And like I said, even the boys that were... Even the boys that were involved in uh, the tournaments uh, didn't see a lot of game time, which is great for us because we're Irish and we're never in tournaments. And we're fucking, we're, we're just looking at these. We're all looking at them through Liverpool uh, tinted glasses. So it's been great. Uh, I think really, like, uh, listen, obviously, like if you're if you're if you're uh, players are playing in them tournaments and playing well, it's obviously good as well. But I'm just looking at it coming into the season, uh, coming into this new season. Plenty of lads arrested. Mo's abs look fucking even more washboard than he's been wanting around, strutting, mm-hmm. showing them off all summer. And uh, great to see them all back. And yeah, loads of grounds. Uh, an optimistic, it's great, it? an optimistic start to the forum tonight for me. Anyway, Andy, as as our resident super red, can I just point out that it looks like that Sadio Mane has hit the finasteroid over the the summer period, and his hairline is starting to come back. Were you excited <laughs> to see that his hairline is starting to drift back towards his forehead? Yeah, hopefully that means a return of form from Mane. Um, like Shane says, it's uh, lows, lows to be excited about. No, uh, no more than 
the fans being back. I can't wait now. Like, I'm not a big fan of international football, but they were good Euros, especially last night. Uh, but now, now it's back to real football, and it's great to see the pictures of the boys. And Canate looks huge. Him and Van Dijk are going to scare the bejesus out of everyone. And I can't wait. Gav, do you not think uh, Kanase needs to add on a bit of muscle? He's a bit of a lamppost. I <laughs> think he's just really tall. He looks yeah, more like a basketball. Can't, can't <laughs> him in the bleeding. He just he had to go about half a mile away, mile and right yeah. out just to get him in. The size of the fucker. But um, I, I was only thinking earlier if he can run really fast, nobody's scoring a goal against us next season. Genuinely, <laughs> because yeah. like Van Dijk is going to be just like determined to absolutely own this league again. And this, like, in all seriousness, we're excited today because preseason started. I just think you just want to get last season early ahead. You you don't want mm-hmm. it to be the last thing you thought about in football. And I know the Euros have been on. And I, I every, loads of people know I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, I don't think I watched any coverage of it until probably a quarter final. And I seen bits and pieces, highlights mainly. Um, didn't even watch the final last night. You know, um, watched it was on. Um, and I was kind of going in and out, but I didn't kind of sit down to do it. So I think, you know, we finished third in the league last season, but we know the difficulties we had. And I think the, the we just want to look forward now. We want that to be parked now, you know, and it's what a boost to see Van Dyke back. Like people, I was half expecting him to be, you know, you may see him towards the end of pre-season getting a run out here and there as part of his recovery, but for him to be there first day and Gomez, you know, to be there first day and, and being doing the lactase tests and all that, they're doing everything the other boys are doing by the looks of it, is absolutely massive. You see Kanate, um, you which he's, he's a monster. I, I, he must, he has to be bigger than Van Dijk. I think he's taller than Van Dijk, is he? Yeah, that has to be, I think so. He's, he's, he's a monster, the size of him. Um, Would he be as big as he Not the little brassy where like, you can't even see yeah. on him, he's that big, like, you know. But um, no, listen, Shane's right, you know, the Euros were good, they were a distraction. But I think when it comes to Liverpool, the last memory you have of Liverpool is a very, very difficult season last season, despite finishing toward. And you just want to, you'll take any bit of content now with regards to, oh, look at the mountains in the backdrop while they're fucking running around cones <laughs> and everyone's mad about it. And that's simply because you just want to, let's get to this season now. And with Van Dijk, Gomez, you know, as Shane said, the boys coming back, having not played a lot of football, Canate's in one or two more will definitely two more. And, um, Stephen Dunn says Kanate is one centimetre taller than Van Dyke. Yeah, but he just like Van Dyke is a monster. This fella just looks huge. Like, and then huge. you see them standing beside LeBron James, and both of them look like kids. It's mm-hmm. mad, isn't it? Like, <laughs> and like you don't put basketball players down as being big physical lads, and then you just see them, and you're like, what's going on? They look like freaks. Freaks in age, are they just God made? They're just freaks. But you remember in age. when? Remember when Billy Cometio appeared last year in preseason, and he is an absolute monster as well. It's like six or five at seventeen. Says me. I know. Yeah. Uh, and people were writing him off come the end of the season because he wasn't playing four team matches. Like the kid, he is only like what seventeen, eighteen. I was like, six or five at seventeen, and then just went the other way. Yeah. I'm smoking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you, when you started to shred, you, you and the protein smokes. Your, yeah. Was it <laughs> the protein smokes? And the, protein the way smokes. smokes. The way smokes. <laughs> they're the best ones they're the only way <laughs> right lads on, on pre- because pre-season is here what like what do you take of um, Keita being out now for the next three weeks after picking up an injury today <laughs> oh, don't start don't start like, this is serious tell the future pod 
<laughs> no, no, he he did. It was a story that it, I think James Pearson just tweeted. Yeah, don't start. <laughs> they don't find me the tweet. He did. He got. He's, he's after getting an infection in his ear from where they do the lactate test. You know where they they got the. Uh, they take oh, the thing. He's, he's got, yeah. Oh, he can't he's be out. that bad. He can't be that he bad. Is, I, 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 I assume Milner won that again, did he? He just wins it every year, runs them all into the ground. I'd imagine he did, did he? Milner ran to Austria. Austria. Australia. He yeah. went for Australia. No, back yeah, again to Australia. Back. <laughs> he did. I have to say, Milner last night was great crack waiting for the match. The same was yeah. his um, yeah. jug of Rybina. Yeah. yeah. Sudoku and was something on the table. Uh, Sudoku, and he had a, it was a bowl of... Um, Cheerios or something with the, yeah. with the with the with the spoon and already for what a legend. Um, what is it? The one thing I was going to ask. Yes, what is what is your quintessential preseason image? Mine is until I see the lads on the bikes, then the season hasn't started. You know when they all look really awkward and you see them with the helmets that they they're like kids mm-hmm. when they get their first ever bike helmet and they can't get yeah. it onto their head properly and it's like sitting on the back of their head and everything. What that's my quintessential. Preseason image. What's yours, Gav? Outside of Canate, looking like a massive lamppost. Oh, I just couldn't believe the size of him. Um, <laughs> just blew me away when I seen it. Um, I su- oh, the preseason images. It's not even. It's not even related to players. You know, when you see the first picture of Anfield and the new pitch is being laid, because we seem to relay it nearly every year now. Because I don't know what way. I think it's two towards grass, one towards synthetic, or whatever it is now. And um, they've they've ripped it up again from last season. And usually when they see it, when I see the pitch and they say Anfield is ready, and yeah, I'm kind of going, yeah, that's my preseason. The on the bikes is great crack, um, but unless I didn't wheelies on them, I'm not interested. Neither of the game on the on the bikes, even if you get mag wheels or pegs or something, you know, Kate obviously not allowed on pegs. Um, but um, yeah, the bike stuff's good, but I think I, I always look for Anfield. Give me the first look at Anfield after it's being ripped up and relayed and. And Anfield used to have its own unique sort of the way they lined it. Do you remember? You, the, the way they lined Anfield used to be different. The, the cuts in the grass. I always remember Anfield was different to everywhere else. So it's it's seeing the pitch for the first time, mm. the image. That's that's mine. Andy, you big super red. What's your first, what's your first quintessential preseason image? Yeah, I think it's that game before the actual start of the season where you actually see him put a strong 11 together. And, you know, up to that point, you're, you're, you might see us leak a few goals and you're worried about, you know, all the, all the shit starts where. Paul Gormley says Nabby's bike will have faith. <laughs> Nabby will be in one of those bikes, you know, for the lads who, ha- who can't sit up on a bike properly, they have to sit down on the bikes. You know, the ones that you sit back in and you, you, you do the pedaling with your feet. Side like, that's car, give you a sidecar on the side yeah. of the bridge. A trike. Well, it's learning. Yeah, so you, you get the people start to panic a little bit because they're leaking a few goals and they're trying to read into the season, but then they he he picks the the strongest eleven possible coming up to the week of the game and uh, then you just know it's back. Shane, what's your quintessential preseason? Oh, I, would, I would I would probably say looking at the force lineup maybe that comes in and uh, when the force friendly that's that we play and generally generally over the past few years obviously with the, as with the the size of the club we've been going jet setting all over the world but this kind of pandemic has kind of brought it back to like pre kind of maybe maybe nineties days so I remember when they used to come over and play shells like we're playing a friendly yeah. next week against Wacker Innsbruck that's like the best name of all time <laughs> for the team Wacker, Wacker, Wacker Innsbruck, Innsbruck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like he's from he's like he's from in Chicago. 
with a German elfle from Inchicore. But like, we normally be we're normally jet setting all over the world. Can't obviously now they can't Austria playing a couple of games. This is, it's nearly round back to coming over and playing shells, and then Leeds will be over next week and you know the week after the way it used to be when we were there uh, when we were when I was younger anyway. Wacker Innsbruck, Giffiena and uh, <laughs> Deco Toy. Yeah. Um so I think leading on from that, and I know everyone is having a bit of crack in terms of what we're gonna have to put Nabby in to avoid him getting injured before the, the first preseason game. But um uh, Gavin, it sort of takes us into your topic around the, the, looking at this squad. We can see the lads that are there. It's, it, even now, we've got a very strong squad on pre-season, which is unusual because normally those players are, are off halfway around the world or have been involved in tournaments and haven't had a rest at all. But you want to talk about the balance that we have in the squad or where, how are we imbalanced? Are we better in some areas or not? Um, so take it away. I think uh, the balance for me is is... It kind of came into my head when I when I seen the Harvey Elliott stuff. You know, we did chat around them last night, and you know, Avi was saying to me, "No, I think you're going out on another loan," and he may do so. What well, my opinion would be is to keep him, and even if he has a year at the club and he gets the club team appearances, uh, even all off the bench, I think it's more beneficial than a loan right now because it lets him see the level Liverpool are at and what he has to get to. And then if he has to go out and do a loan next season, fine. He's only signed a new long-term deal. So it's not like we're running out of time with Harvey Elliott. And when I, when I seen that, I thought to myself, what way is he balancing this? What way is he going to go? Because, you know, rumour today, Origi has been subject to a bid. You have got Jota, you have Alisson, not Alisson, you have Jota, you have Firmino, you have Mane, you have Salah, and you're probably looking at one more coming in. What way does he go then? Does he do Harvey Elliott? You know, is that the balance up front he's looking for? I think that might be enough, but that but, but people would argue, well, is there is there enough there? Is there enough balance there in the type of players we have? I suppose midfield, it's stocked, but I, I'm still worried over the reliability of a lot of them. Um, and I even go far as Henderson on that. You yeah. know, Henderson, um, Fabinho, Thiago, I'm okay with. He, he, that was a bad injury he got. You know, um, that was was. And he still played a lot of games. He, he did play a lot, a lot of games, games. And, and he came yeah. back fairly came back. The problem with Thiago was, do you remember he had the bruising of the shin and um, it was like, they're not telling us anything. And it just seemed to go on and on and on. But it didn't really. He finished the season really strong. After he, he, did, was, he did, he did. He was really, really good. Uh, and, his and he's had a good rest. Good. Yeah, his fitness looked good. He hasn't done much with Spain. And he's starting to get used to the players around him. So midfield, you're looking at you're looking at Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. You've got Cordes Jones, James Milner. Um, you've got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, you've got Kate. Obviously, um, when Alden has left, and people think they're going to bring something in there. So, even though there's, there's and maybe Kate, of course, but even though there's a lot of players there, there is, I think, there's a problem with reliability, and some of it is just genuine reliability, and some of it is just players are starting to pick up injuries, you know, as they get that bit older, like Henderson and Fabinho has been known to do it. So, I'm wondering what they're going to do there. I think it's quite well balanced in midfield. I think one more in midfield, I think it's fine. Um, and then defensively, you've seen Kanate, you have Van Dijk, you have Gomez. It looks like Matip is going to stay. Nat Phillips is still in the training photos there. Um, I seen uh, Ben Davis in the in the photos today as well. Looking and great. then you have, and then you have, <laughs> then you have um, Costa Simakas, um, who has had a. Let's be honest, he he wasn't around much last season, and he had a horrible start. He got injured, and he got COVID, and all sorts happened to him moving to Liverpool. But I'd love to see him. You know, get a good goal. Back, actually back. I am because he impressed me the one or two times I've seen him play, especially in pre-season. So you're looking at a bit of balance there. 
centre half wise, I think it's more. I think you get a balance, but it'll be more a decision to be made on maybe one or two of them. And the right back thing for me gives me shivers because if we're going to do an Alex, Alex Oxley chamber at right back, I'm fucking going to have a meltdown. Um, I'd much rather Milner there. So does he bring somebody in there? So overall, when you think we've brought one in. We may do Harvey Elliott. A couple may leave, and we don't feel like they're going to make a huge difference to us. I think overall the squad looks quite balanced, but I think he has to make a decision on a couple of things. And I just wanted to see what people thought with regards. Forget, oh, I want this player and I want that player. If he just brings in a right back for cover, a midfielder, and a forward, I think we're quite balanced. That's my opinion, but I wanted to see what Mm. you was talking and, and on that, I think let's let's start. And I think the obvious areas of concern that most most pill fans would have, and I'll, I'll go. I'll say centre midfield, right back. I think is fair. I, I disagree. I think does 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 this um, childish want to have a flashy new striker this year? You no, know, we got one last year. I don't think it's it's an essential need. But I think the two the two areas that call out that we need something is right back and centre mid. For you. Is the answer on right back actually already in the squad in that he sees Joe Gomez as the potential backup to Trent when he needs to give Trent a rest? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah you, you took the words out of my mouth there. It, it, Liverpool never go into a season where everybody's fully confident of the depth and the options. You know, we always have this idea that we should have two players for each position. But Klopp seems to do it a different way where he just leaves us shy. Now, I don't know whether that's because he's not being backed by the owners or whether he just likes to keep a small squad where he can keep everyone motivated and he doesn't like to have this idea where he's, he has to share so many ga- you know, so many um, players with games. There's no way when you have players like Van Dijk, um, Trent, Robertson, that you're going to be able to give these fellas enough games to keep them happy at the club. So he always does kind of leave a short and look at a few players who can play in multiple positions. So I'm not sure we're going to see a right back from in. I, I honestly don't. I would like to see us um, buy another centre-back because you just can't depend on Gomez and Matip, especially after what they, what happened to them last season. And uh, so that's that's my main area of concern, I think. Maybe a centre-back that could possibly cover right back as well, if possible. And then in centre midfield, you don't let a player like um, like Wijnaldum go without trying to replace him some way. Look, I know Thiago was probably his replacement last year, but I still think we're very short in midfield um, of absolute quality midfield when you lose Wijnaldum. Unless there's, a top, unless there's any you know chance he's going to change shape this season. We'll know in pre-season he starts experimenting. Uh, up front, I'm sure we're going to see uh, Jota play the, probably the majority of games through the middle as opposed to Bobby. And then whether Harvey Elliott stays on or he goes for another attacker. But I think there's probably three players needed to achieve that balance that goes alluding to there. Uh, Shane, one of the things that people are missing out when we're discussing signings is the fact that we can only have 17 um, what's deemed to be overseas or non-British players um, in the squad this year because of Brexit, right? Um by resigning a Adrian, we must be confident of getting some of those players that we're talking about the dead wood out of the squad. Because mm. if you look at who we have at the moment, obviously you've got our goalkeeper is Brazilian, um, Van Dijk, Kanate, um, are all are, again take up that's three into the into the seventeen. We have Matup that's four into the seventeen. Simicas is five. Mm. Um, then you go into midfield and you're looking at Keita. You're looking at. Uh, Fabinho, you're looking at Thiago, 
in terms of the, that's another that you're up to eight now. But then we go Mane, Salah, far um, front, yeah, yeah, Bobby. That takes us up to twelve, and we haven't got onto the lads who we we that have filled up the the positions on the bench. So we're really relying either on bringing UK British players in or moving some of the players out that are already our sort of foreign quota to replace them with, with, with different ones coming in. Now, I think Gav is right. I think we'd only get um, two in, essentially. But is there a concern for you that if we're talking about quality, that we might have to lose something out of the squad that we haven't thought of at this stage? Uh, no, no. I wouldn't be worried about losing someone out of the squad. Maybe that was more an economic uh, transfer added one that uh, the manager or, or Edwards wanted. I would look, look I, I would say probably you're going to see this summer. We'll probably see the back of Origi and Shakiri. I think, um, which would be two of them numbers, that, like you mentioned there, to go out to go out of the squad. I think. I think James Pierce alluded to it a couple of weeks ago. I think they, they see more outgoings at the minute before the incumbents come in. I, I, I don't and before the incumbents, and I don't mean that as like a, a sell to boy or anything like that. I think they're actively now trying to get uh, trying to get some deadwood out of the squad, trying to move them players on. I think that's an active. They had that young kid go to Basel. Um, like Gav mentioned, Origi there's meant to be a bid in from Majin Gladbach. Shakiri's getting linked away. Uh, the um, Portuguese so, new paper Ebola says that um, Grujic's fee has been agreed now as well. So, um, so listen, uh, there's there's a there's another one. So I'd, I'd imagine they're probably looking to kind of trim the squad, see see what they can get rid of, and then move it. I, I, and then move in a couple. I think it'll only be two in as well. I don't think we will sign on our centre back unless someone comes in with maybe fifteen million bid for Phillips a Burnley or someone like that in the club say, listen, that's economically wise, that's too good to turn down. I think then we'd probably move to to move move to, to get someone in. I think I think he's all right. I think uh Trent's cover I can see being actually Kanate as well as Gomez. Kanate can play fullback. I think he has done for uh for Leipzig. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Um, I think so. They they might clap might see it as a as a sharing thing between the two of them if 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 needed. Um, but yeah, look, the, like the thing about squad depth is, is like we it's it's all well and good having that squad depth and everything like that. But as soon as Klopp makes a couple of changes to try and wrestle us and we drop points, there's fucking murder. And and, yeah. and due to the way the seasons have been the last couple of years, not last year, but the two previous seasons, like one loss and you were nearly done for or dropping uh, dropping four points or five points in a month and you were nearly over to, with the standard that live ourselves and City had set. So, like, this, I, I, like, having a good squad is very important, obviously, when injuries hit, but Klopp has shown that he, he likes his try and tested and he likes keeping, that, keeping his, his 11 um, fairly tight, you know what I mean. He doesn't, he doesn't tend to rest a whole lot. But 
Yeah, look, I think it's the squad is fairly balanced. Um, but there'll be some to go. I think Minamino will go as well. And I, I do think I think we're going to see a, a few more outgoings this summer. Than, uh, I think this will be trimmed up and uh, the squad will be made a little bit tighter. Yeah. Man, don't forget a lot of this was to happen last year, but it just wasn't yeah. possible. I'd, yeah. I'd be amazed if we don't sign a forward player. Amazed. Like, uh, when you look and people are saying, you know, the, the African nations and someone else, well, it's only actually, the African nations only probably covers about three Premier League games because the FA Cup weekend or maybe two of the FA Cup weekends are, are in January at the start of the end. But I'd be absolutely amazed because it, Jota, Mane, Salah, Firmino, like, you know, you, you, a lot of people question um, the impact of Firmino's having. Firmino, um, you're seeing Mane last season, but it's a clean slate going into a new one. You can't, at some stage, you're going to miss Salah through an injury or, you know, he's going to have a loss mm. of form or whatever it might be. Jota had an injury and come back and, you know, went the Euros. I'd be absolutely amazed if, like, Origi leaves for me. I think Minamino, I think you're right, Davo. I think he goes as well. And I think Shakiri goes. And I think they're three kind of attacking, attacking options. A lot of people see Shakiri as, although he's a midfielder, he's not. He's an attacking option. And I think if we were to get rid of those three, um, that's three off the net, off the list of, you know, <clears throat> players that aren't homegrown or whatever it might be. I can't see him keeping just the four lads up front and say a Harvey Elliott. I, I think, I think, I think we'll get one in as yeah. well, Gav. I think it'd be a midfielder and a centre forward or and a, and a, a, someone who can play across the front. I would say would be the, the next two in. Like I said, I, I don't I think see. It. I think it's someone for the future because he sees Ox. He sees Ox as someone that can play it there as well. But do you see? He's the only one that can see. No, <laughs> I, I don't. But but uh, what is, what is Ox now? If if that's not what he is, because the right back is He's a transfer target a, for West Ham. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's what Oxlade Chamberlain is. He's a West Ham player. He's he's that type of of um, f- player that it never quite worked out for, and is, seems to be a lovely bloke, but is crippled by injuries and has been crippled by injuries throughout his whole career. And it, 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 that hasn't changed at Liverpool. It was the exact I think same. It's, at, I think they're right. I think it's the last time we'll we get we we'll be able to get rid of him. To be honest. Yeah. Mm. Some own comedy there says talk about Sal Niguez. Um, I don't think the, yeah. like the lads talked about him. I haven't personally seen enough of him to talk about him, right? And he, you, would, you definitely didn't see much of him last year because he wasn't getting a game at Atletico Madrid <laughs> last year. So you can't you can't pretend that you knew what we was about last year. But, but from what the lads were saying, um, and the I used to watch before, a lot of Atletico B. They were, they were yeah, they were, they were yeah. eating bird and they, the main team. The Atletico Austrian Madrid <laughs> yeah. League in yeah, when they playing. He was, he was, he was, he was on loan with Wacker Innsbruck. He was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very good again, Gates or Um The but what what Shawnee said. Um, and Johnny's just making stuff up, so we'll just all believe him anyway, because that's what people generally do with, with these things. But like what and what Grizz was told by somebody in a DM, um, that he he seems to be a very robust player. And this is what we're talking about. Uh, we need somebody who's Keith said he's missed seventeen games in fucking eight years or six years or something. Yeah. So if 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 yeah. if if his main ability is reliability and he is an eighty percent effective when Yaldum, like We'd be all over it. now. From what I think, what I think what you did say, what you said there is fair. I think Keith has said that he's technically he's probably even better than than Wijnaldum in terms of being that midfield sort of cog. Is a cog the right word? It's not like the, the most. Uh, the, he's not the most amazing like in terms. Of he's not going to score any you know, goals. Maybe not do loads of assists, but he just keeps that midfield functioning as as best as you possibly can. So seems to be a great option. Um, 
we, I know we were linked with Renato Sanchez. Again, that's just fucking tournament talk. It drives me mental when you see all the stuff that goes on. Um, and then looking at it, like in reality, lads, we have Curtis Jones there. You know, there was a lot of hype about Curtis Jones. He played what about 33% of the season last year. He looked to have something about him. And to be fair, the the, the group of young English players that's coming through, he looks to be another talent. Now, that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean he translates to being a good first team player. But he's definitely worth a go in that midfield because he, he. I think he was very unfortunate last season. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't think anyone's seen it as his breakout season last season. You know, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I don't think he, I didn't think he'd ever make it at Liverpool. But when you look at last season, he it would have been perfect for him if we were full strength and he was able to be dropped in. Not so much yeah. started and relied upon, but dropped in and, and progressed. And then you look at this season, you go, right, you, you should be looking for a spot in the team. But. There was a lot put on him last season, Phil. Mm. Phil. Injuries and everything else we had, and the loss mm. of form. And, and this is a young guy. Young expectations are even higher because he's a local fella. And I just thought he was unfortunate. I, I hope I hope he just doesn't kind of get lost now, um, Curtis Jones, because you have Fabinho, you have Henderson, you have Thiago. And if we bring in another midfielder, I wouldn't like to see Curtis Jones lost. You know, and that would be my fear for him. No, I don't, I don't think he will, Gavin. Look, to be to be fair, it, it was a bit of a sour season for us, you know, coming off winning the league and, and no fans in the ground. I'm sure Cordes would have felt that more than anyone. Mm. Normally, a youngster, a local youngster is going to feed off that. It's going to improve him as a player. It's going to give him the confidence. And look, like you say, to, to have him coming into the team when we had to play him and to rely on him, like that pressure... You know, in a season when we, nobody was doing anything, like I mean, even you know our, our front three weren't performing. Uh, even to feed them, you know, there was there was wasn't much happening. I think it's going to be a good season for Jones. Mm, I hope so. I really do. The does somebody in their NBA is just he's playing football names. manager Phil he's, he's just has names and, ra- and <laughs> random no, names. He's, he's, I think just, what he's doing is he's um he's he's listing players um that sh- Liverpool should be looking at and their prices but, but what, what where's he getting the prices from I think people are did he go into Amazon that code at UK transfer price copy and paste job there how do you even type all that out I never know. He could book in an office with fingers. Yeah, man. Uh, sure. Look, he's he's ma- naming someone that's gone to Atlético tonight. Um, Rodrigo de Paul. Rodrigo de Paul. Vincent de Paul. Vincent de Paul. Look, he's he's just all mad numbers. Just random. Keep going. You can stick all the names and we'll remember these and we can throw them back Grizz and Grizz will be putting them out as, as tier one rumours there in the next couple of days. So <laughs> this, uh, this is when you go on to that transfer website and just type in the name of a player similar. and give you loads of similar players and then their prices. That's, what, that's Look, a copy and paste job. Ar- Arno, Arno Norden is a 10 euro bottle of wine yeah. in Tesco. We can talk about that in a while, right? It's, it's a French bottle. It's a Bordeaux. It's not great. It's, it's, yeah. It pretends there's, it's 20 quid. But it's, not, it's always on sale for 10 quid. There's even characters so, coming up there that aren't even on your keyboard. So he's messing no, He's messing this up. Yeah. <laughs> That's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Right, um, NBA is Grizz. That's a great shout, Red Steve. That probably is Grizz there. He's just throwing loads of names to see. Red Steve's concerned. He, um, he says last week it was bright. At this time out of Andy's Velux windows. <laughs> the night was wrong. No, sorry, Andy's trying to get loads of windows in again. He's up yeah. now, isn't he? How um, many windows can he get in? Just rearrange yeah. the furniture. This is this is just coincidence. The, the, yeah. the table was down on that end before. Now it's up yeah. this end, and the sofa was up this end. So it's all different. Yeah. <laughs> Look at all the windows. It's unbelievable. Um, um, 
But um, right. yeah, the nights are drawing in, and it will soon the be are drawing in, and, and, and the back of that so squad. Close my windows over there. He's still going. He's still going. He's still going. He's, still going. he's, he's naming random lads here. This is great. Higuain now will turn up there in Samoa. Name him more names than I have windows. That's a, that's some going. Still going. That's that's an impressive butt. To be I've fair, got more, I've got more windows or something. <laughs> Look, <laughs> Andy, Andy, why do you have a propeller at the top of your house? Huh? Oh, just to keep the sun real cool. What? Keep Andy, the sun real nice and cool. You live in Ireland. Yeah, yeah but so, it gets very warm in here. It does, yeah. Yeah. They're special windows. They're uh, it does, it does, it gets, gets, gets uh, oceans and, and the radiators. Ah, it's so oceans. Oh, that's very necessary. Come back huh? down the blinds behind you. Look, he, he got a ruler out today. He did a major. Sure yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was over there with a spirit level. Straight, yeah, straight yeah. edge. Uh, uh, Brendan, you do that one, and I'll do this one. I can, I can hold it like this when we're both doing. Hang, hang. Oh, that's just a fucking that, thing. Look, even the one on the door. Even the one on the door is bang on. Is it? I mean, the lights at the back are showing as well. Look, you see them? Yeah. Did you wear them yourself? I did, yeah. Yeah. Did you electrocute yourself? No. That's well. It's not fun if you don't electrocute yourself. I always like that little sort of to keep you going, just to make sure you're still awake. It's life. It is, yeah. It wakes you up. Right, where are we going to next? Andy, you want to say something before I get into a topic that's close to my heart, which is taking the piss out of the English? So come on, one. Yeah, my topic. Where's the screen gone now? We're not really doing your topic until after I've taken the piss out of the English one. But you do oh, your yeah. bit now. No, because honestly, I want I want to, I want to just um I just well, want to have a no sense if you, it makes no sense if we do your right, topic. Right. First. You, you, you do your you do you, you do yours. <laughs> okay. No, it's just because there's been a lot of talk um of late about why you can't support the English team and all about their fans and all the ball things and all that they'd be doing during the week and last night. So rather than take cheap shots and, you know, I, I just want to talk about why the Irish supported it last night, that it wasn't just because we don't like the English fans, although it really was, but <laughs> this is the reasons why uh, we like Italy. So you ready? No, I oh, wanted to do this at the end. On. Are you actually going to list a load of good things about Italy? Italy yeah. from football. Okay. Now, no, I want to do this at the end. I want to do this at the end because it's it's going to be a nice way to finish off because we can talk about all the nice things about Italy and Italy is like one of our best friends. Like we were we've been mates with Italy for years, right? No, so we have should... hated them ever since Scalacci. So are we gonna are we gonna do the Scalacci thing? Is hated them. My reason number one is how we love Scalacci. I don't smith excel for Jesus' sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he's been, fucking, he's, he broke our hearts and then he came and took our jobs. Yeah, like, come on, come here. No, Gav, the, he broke our hearts, right? And but somehow or another, we managed to make him a national hero of years on. Uh, that's that's only because that's only because if you were seeing Scalacci in, right? in the van, no, if you were seeing Scalacci, give him a big hug. Wouldn't be no, you, you, no, you would. You just you'd be like the Smithic side, you just say to him, That's a good goal, that's all you yeah. say to him. You're having a point, right? <coughs> in a yeah. hands at the lads, and in walks Scalacci. Yeah, the whole place is buying him gargle for the night. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Except, except Fats, he wouldn't buy him a drink. Yeah. Right, so let, Joe let, Walsh, come, that's not his. Local. I want to come. I want to come back to the. You know, I, I won't. I won't labour too much on the England point, right? And I'll even go into a rant. So you, start, you can join in if you want, but you won't, right? Okay, so, come on, you rant. You rant away. Can I go for the smoke? No, you can go for smoke if you want. Nah, I man, just wanted to. Put, like, 
When I heard that Liverpool erupted into fireworks after Italy won the European Championships last night, that actually struck a, a massive chord in my heart being a Liverpool fan and seeing how much the, the Liverpool fans, like true Liverpool people, hate the English as much as the Irish do, right? And it's not because... That's because they they're all the, Irish. Exactly. They're all half Irish, right? So let's be honest about it. But it's also because of the way they've gone on. But Liverpool is truly an international city. Like you hear that London's an international city and Manchester's an international city, but they aren't. Liverpool is truly an international city built on immigration and London is absolutely an international city. Completely agree with you, but but the problem with London is, and I'll get onto it in a second because it's, it it feeds off where where the mentality of English fans come from, right? And there's a key difference. The, the Liverpool fans celebrated the result for Italy last night because they don't recognise and they don't see anything in the English supporters and the England England team. Now, not this England team is slightly different, but in, traditionally in English teams that represents anything about them. Okay, so. When they, that's why they're happy to call themselves scouts, not English, and not see themselves as as English people. That's where the the, the the jubilation comes from. From seeing, essentially, it's not even so much about the team; it's about the scumbags that represent these people on the television on nearly every time there's a match on. So there was a couple of great articles written today, but like the, the mad thing about this is we've we've seen all this racism stuff today that's taken up all the column mentions because of what happens after the game. But the only story that was there yesterday was the destruction that went on in London before the match. The fact that they couldn't control their own fans before a game when it comes to a major European final, when they're trying to also bid for the 2030 World Cup. And in my opinion, that was buried by the press in England because they know that if, if the focus on a tournament is what happened with the fans of their own nation that the host of the final gets out there, they know that the chances of getting a World Cup is slim to none. They already had an issue with the Danish fans. They've been fined for that. And this, this is going to lead to a big investigation. But there was a very interesting um, thread that's out there. And it also stems back to something. I read a book called Scum Airways. It must have been back in early the noughties. I pulled it out last night after the match just to, to skim through it again. And it's the mentality of the fans that we still see, that was seen yesterday. They stormed. They wanted to come and storm and take over their own stadium. And it doesn't make any sense, but that's how they support the team. Everything is about coming and th- their chance, come and have a go, no surrender. Everything is all about getting in the face of the opposition's fans. It's not about supporting their team. It's about trying to elicit a response. And when there's no other fans there to do it, they were doing it against themselves. Everyone has seen the videos that went on last night. Everyone has seen the videos that went on through yesterday. And the question I have is, where was the police? You're telling me, you tell me, lads, where was the police? Because if they really wanted to clamp down on that, they could have. They could have stopped I, it early. I was amazed at not only the videos I've seen at Wembley last night, but when you see the volume of people there and the actual amount of people that are meant to be looking after them was mm-hmm. unbelievable. I've seen barriers being broken down and six and seven stewards standing there, four or five stewards trying to hold open or push close the door with hundreds of fellas trying to get in. Look, yeah, it's. I agree with you. I think the media will try bury it a little bit because of the, the World Cup bid. But at the same time, there were 66,000 people going to that game last night. And the 66,000 that would have went, if everything was even, I think that wouldn't have been an issue. I think, I don't know how many people ended up on the ground. It looked more or less full to me. Wouldn't be yep. far off it. And, you know, it is a minority of people. It genuinely is. And I, as I would say, you know, no, England are doing it years. They are doing it years. But you have to remember, if you see England fans and you see a thousand of them go mental, 
England bring the biggest support of anybody to any tournament. They do, along with the Dutch, um, probably the Irish when we get there, and Germans are usually good as well. Italians, yeah, okay, but the English bring a massive amount of people. And it is always, there is, there is a thing there where they get in trouble, but it is a minority. Um, yeah, every kind of view on them is, I wouldn't bury it, but I wouldn't give them, I wouldn't give them the oxygen that, that, that they're looking for by doing what they're doing. You know, the security around the ground looked appalling last night. Um, and I was surprised the game went ahead. I'm going to be honest with you because people going into that ground with tickets are checked, searched. You know, the usual when you're going into any game um, and the way are checked and the COVID stuff. When you have thousands of people flooding in or look like to me, thousands of people getting in, they haven't been checked. They haven't been scanned. They haven't gone through security. They haven't, anything could have happened there last night, Phil. And look, we've seen it. We've seen it in Paris where they tried to get into the um, Stade de France um, on that night in Paris when, when all hell broke loose. That could have happened there last night. And forget the, forget the fans for a minute. The security would put serious jeopardy around any bid by England to get any tournament. Any tournament, the tournament, a Champions League final, the Open League final, anything that, that that Wembley has to do with. Because last night that looked absolutely appalling. And Free World says poor stewards are on about nine quid an hour left to deal with that. That's That's it. You know, if that's a European final, you want a ring of police and security around that ground. Yeah. Regardless, at a sixty-six, yeah, prepare for a hundred because we everyone kind of knew England was on a mad one all week. And what did, what happened? I seen six and seven stewards, five and six hundred people. You're never going to hold them back. And for nine quid an hour, you're not going to make much of an effort to either. For your, not only for that, for your safety. For it's not look, even your job at that. No, your job is to your job is to direct people crowd, and crowd control. You yeah. know, in a in a sort of a you know, you know, an agreeable manner. You know, not fucking. There's one fella throwing kicks at lads. Like he's just taking it upon himself to have a bit of fun and throw kicks at people coming in. But you know, it's, he potentially could have been killed. Yeah, it's for me, Phil. Like you're you're always going to get it. It's just. It happens with England. It does. There's no denying that. But I think when you look at the amount of people and, and the, the reports coming out of the ground last night is that there were so many horrified England fans in that ground last night because they were think, they yeah. were near they were near wheelchair areas, they were near family sections, and there was their seats were being taken, there was people throwing stuff, there was was also and a lot of afraid people there last night. They were English. Mm. You know, and yeah. when you look at it, there might have been fifty five thousand English and ten thousand Italian. The vast majority of that ground went there for a peaceful game, and some idiots took it upon themselves that they're going to get into that ground regardless. And it- but Kev, the, the problem I have when when people and and I say this all the time, I'm sick of this small minority because it's not it's thousands, it's thousands of them, and there's thousands. You look at what was going on yesterday, and they they glorify an aggressive way of supporting, and that's where Liverpool fans struggle to ever identify themselves. And I'm talking about English Liverpool fans ever struggle to struggle to identify being part of that at this point in time. We had a stigma attached to us because of what happened in Heysel, right? And Liverpool fans have spent the last thirty odd years going to European away matches and looking to prove that they go to enjoy themselves and they aren't there to cause trouble. And the overwhelming thing, I go back to the same amount of fans. 
between Liverpool and sports fans went to Madrid and there wasn't anything like we saw going on with the England supporters, with the City supporters and the Chelsea supporters in this year's beheaded this Champions League final. We have adopted a different way. As Liverpool fans, we've adopted a different way of supporting our team when we go abroad, right? I don't know about the United fans when they go abroad, so I can't I can't say, but you rarely hear of United fans as well having this aggressive way of coming to take over your patch and cause trouble and proving that you're the, you're the heads that are there. But that's the way the England fans, the a vast majority of England fans that go to these games and travel them around do it, and that's where the trouble emanates from all the time. And the, the Leicester fans thing about the Galloway feel. The, what? The, Leicester, the Leicester fans when they're in the Champions League, they carry on out them. Were they the same? Yeah, practically I just... I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, like Andy, I honestly, I don't follow teams... Outside of ourselves, in terms of what, the, see, what, their, what the fans look away from, I, I, I think that it's been. I've seen this kind of over the years from different journalists and and whatnot, and it's it's like when when England go away um, and they travel to these tournaments, they're causing trouble, everything like that. But when you when you see them in the crowd, the flags that they have, it's all like all the shot town, no eating bore, mm-hmm. fucking blah blah blah. It's all lower league. That like this this is the one big thing they don't like. There's no flags there. Hanging saying Liverpool and Manchester United or Aston Villa, maybe. Or, do you know what I mean? It's all lower league, smaller, smaller uh, teams, fans that go away. And you was following England as their big one because obviously they're not going to get to travel around Europe with that club the way uh, the bigger clubs uh, do. So it, that's kind of what you tend to see. A lot of time, journalists will say, "Listen, it, it, there isn't a lot of fans here from the bigger clubs. It's it's these smaller clubs. The fans use England as, and that that brings that brings obviously the, the hooligan element or whatever you want it you want to call it uh, with them as well. Do you know what I mean? I just I, like Michael Ramsey. What rubbish about where the police majority European are racist? Stop lying about the minority. But that's a super chat. Um, make of it what I, you think. I, I I don't know why racism is brought into that. In any I'm way. not talking about racism. No, I, and about... that's what I'm saying. Well, racism hasn't been brought up. It's it's behavior, regardless yeah. of uh, who you are. It's it's. I haven't it's got behavior. And I don't want look, to. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not. Def- I'm not defending. I'm not defending England fans in, in any way. You know, I think the point you've all made is it's very very valid. And and you're right. In what you're saying, Liverpool fans have a way about them. And United fan, fans, you know, Liverpool United don't like each other, but they're fucking extremely similar when you actually drill down into it. And they have got a way about them and a way of doing things. And and not only that, Liverpool fans look at England as London-based and it's all about London and it's all about this. And and you've seen what the authorities have done to Liverpool fans and, and things over the years. But, like, I get where Liverpool fans are coming from. And to be honest with you, if I was living in Liverpool or, or was English, I wouldn't really have an interest with them. I'm a bit like the same with Ireland because international football isn't huge to me. But... I, it's nothing to do with racism. It's race. It's nothing to do with racism. It's about behaviour, and you do have to ask the question about security. You do have to ask the question about police. But most of all, you have to you have to ask the question of how do England get away from this? Because mm. the big thing for me is that it keeps happening, and they don't seem to do anything. They tried it in ninety eight. You remember when they took the passport, took the people because England were due in I was I think it was ninety eight, and then again in two thousand and. And then wasn't it the Euros were in France and they took passports off people and so they couldn't travel to France because England were meant to be in Marseille and it was going to be killings. And they put them on a fucking island in Italian 90 as Phil fucking knows because he was there. They put yeah. them on an island. They said, England, your three matches are in fucking Sardinia. Cagli- you stay yeah. there, you scunts. 
you're not allowed into mainland Italy. You have yeah. to stay in an island, right, where the only way in and out was a plane or a boat, right? They couldn't get out to Sicily. It was just basically, that's where you're playing the games. And all the teams in the group went to went to Sardinia, went to Cagliari, played the games there, and then went back to Italy where they met up with the rest of the teams and the fans and had the crack, right? Like this, this is, uh, I think, I think there needs to be a come to Jesus moment somewhere in the hierarchy, when they let your man that Muppet go on television, do you remember the fella who basically looked like they pulled him in off main streets and he came straight out of an EDL or a national front thing mm. to start giving yeah, out about, yeah. about the knee and stuff on Sky Sports? And they allow people like him to be a voice of the English fans. That's yeah, that's he's designated, he's an official capacity. Yeah, that's where it needs to change. They need to be told, You're not welcome. You don't represent us anymore. And when we when they figure out who they are, because they've got cameras all over the stadiums and they're able to kick fellas out for being racist in stadiums and they're able to kick them out for doing for throwing stuff. They're able to kick them out for if if somebody go, you know stands up and stuff like that. Start removing these people. Start saying you're not wanted. You either you change you change your ways. Like the glorification of and I know this is I can sound hypocritical and stuff, but the glorification of the stuff that went on outside the stadium and you're seeing people sending videos around. Those videos were only being sent around because they were being sent to their mates saying, "Look how much crack this is." Like the, 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 sticking a flare up your arse and hanging a fellow upside down to have a flare come out of his arse and go off. That's like you're somewhere that was sent originally by a fe- by one of his mates who thought it was hilarious. You see the fellow who falls off the top of a, a red telephone box and breaks his ankle and he's sitting there and he's doing drugs. And you're just there going, this is mad. This is mad. This is glorifying this stupid behavior, right? We, ev- everyone's been part of malarkey and everyone's been part of crack and all that type of stuff. But when it gets to that endemic level, it's never going to be a safe atmosphere for anyone going to the game. And I'll go back to the primary thing that we as a fan group have learned and we have said so many times and so many times and so many times and so many times. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone should go to a match and get home safely, right? It's the, it's the primary thing that goes on. And if you're incapable of looking after yourself, in the same way a policeman can arrest you for being drunk and disorderly because you're a danger to yourself or to the public, the lack of police in there, it comes back. We talk about, when we've talked about the hills and we've had stuff to, and people on, the lack of, of policing again that goes on. There is so much stuff that needed to happen yesterday that was brushed under the carpet because they didn't want to make a scene. There's a political part of this that they didn't want to make a scene before this size of this game because that would have been headline news. The only story, it wouldn't have been the match that happened last night, it would have been the fact that the English police had to turn on their own fans to, to stop something dangerous from happening. And I, I Gav, something that you said, that match should have been delayed because of the behaviour that was going on. It's not even the behaviour, it's, it's the security element of it. It's yeah. the world we live in now. You know, like if I walk into an airport, okay, and I walk through a door that I shouldn't walk through, they'll shut the airport down. They will shut the fucking airport down, I'm telling you. You know, and in football, if United in, was a, United in Bournemouth at the last day of the season, the season before last, a suspect mm-hmm. package, they stopped the game. 
the game wasn't going ahead. It was delayed because a suspect. Party. It turns out someone just left the bag there, right? Mm-hmm. It was nothing in it. But this is what I'm saying. But this is this is thousands. This is thousands of people going through a ground. You don't know what they have on them. You just don't. Um, Michael says it's all about race. Only black people got hurt last night and abuse. Here's of one of guy throwing in a river. Come on, there's there's loads of people got hurt last night and they were stewards and and they were of all different races and creeds. So I don't know where that's coming from. But the, but again, the big thing that comes out of me is there's so many, and this is the truth. There's so many genuine English fans, right? Because there's no way, there's no way even close to a majority go away and and do what the, what you see on the streets are being done. There's so many English fans travel all over the place. All over. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that you know. The majority can go away and you think, what are these fuck? Where do we drink? Where are we going for a drink that they won't be going to? And mm. that should be the biggest question in all. The English FA and sub- travel partners or whatever it might be with the FA need to be saying, that this has to stop because it's going to affect the FA. It's going to affect any chance we have of hosting stuff from now on. And not only that, we will end up with innocent English fans that could be innocent bystanders getting hurt. And they've travelled with England for years and they've never done a thing wrong and they could be in the wrong place at the wrong place when this kicks off. And they have to do something to stop it because the safety of their own fans, the genuine ones, has to be their absolute has to be their absolute priority. I just want to finish on one, on one thing on it. Um, and I think it, it, it is to hear of kids and families bringing their kids to their match, hoping that they'd win the European Championships, and those kids having to sit on steps and stairs because some forty or fifty-year-old goon and and his and his twenty and twenty-five-year-old lackeys have crashed the stadium and taken the seats and refused to move. Like that, to me, just spoke volumes. And and I think it was I can't. I'll, I'll, I'll try to find the thread later on and I'll retweet it. But the fact that again. It's the old. It's the. It's this old group that are leading a younger group. There's a gap. There's these. You have these forty to fifty year old old firm heads that that stem from the eighties hooligans who still continue to go to the England matches. And you see them. You see. You see them all. The Ross Kemp lookalikes that are there, right? And you're there going, "What the hell is your man doing? He's a geriatric. Like he's got. Like if he falls over, he could have a heart attack." And then you can see the younger fellas. Now, whether there are kids that are now coming along with them and they've grown up with the same sort of idea as to what it is, that's the cycle that needs to be broken. That's the element that needs to be removed. And if they do that, the English fans can be can quickly turn the opinion of the rest of the world in terms of what they expect when it comes to major tournaments. Because I would prefer, I would prefer to have when the Irish go away and we get with the Scottish lads, it's the the maddest crack you're ever going to have, right? I've been away when in Ireland games and it's been insane in terms of the the stuff you do with the local lads. Like Andy, we'll talk about the Italian, how much we love Italian, but like that was the first World Cup I went to, and you're able to mix with any race and and nation and all that type of stuff, and it was just mad. And from a, from what was a very closeted country in terms of Ireland at that stage, it was amazing to see how even at that stage the way we supported was welcomed and I've seen it with the Scottish fans when they've come to Ireland and it's like it's just it's just gas crack we just have mm. you're able to go to the ground you can stand beside them you can get with them you can do whatever you want and you can mix with them and nobody is getting upset you know what I mean mm. we're just just there and we'll take the piss out of each other and it's taken that way like that is where they need to get to and that's I hope someday to see it because it would be great to have. I was in Lansdowne Road in '94 when it, it, it essentially was a section of the National Front came over and wrecked Lansdowne 95. Road. And, uh, 
95, sorry, in 95, wrecked Lansdowne Road and got the game abandoned. And again, you look at those lads that were there are the lads who were in London causing the shite last night, or then who've caused the crap all the way along. And that's that it just needs to be removed. The FA need to find a way to remove these people. Before you get into bigger piece, bigger things and bigger societal issues, they're the ones that you can control. You can know who they are, kick them out. That's all I'm going to say. Kick them out. And they liven us up. The best thing about Italy. <laughs> Can't wait for this. Uh, this, this. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, anyway, look, my force, my force reason, and it look, Phil, as you were saying there, um, how we kind of were quite lighthearted when it comes to rivalries, you know, probably stems from the, the GAA as well. Like, there's no segregation when you go to watch Gaelic football matches or hurling matches, and people are in the pubs together, no hassle. People are in the grounds together, no hassle. But anyway, um, Salvador Toto Scalacci, the Italian who broke our hearts in uh, Italian 90, somehow we made a national hero. Um, Gav does agree. Look, I know if Scalacci set up camp now in Ireland, moved to Ireland, he'd be walking around the place like a champion. Uh, do you know what? Do you know goes. what? Do you know what? If Scalacci, I know where you're coming from. I'd say if Scalacci came here he and he rang home after two weeks. He would be asking his family, what did he mean by when they say you're so bollocks? Because in <laughs> Ireland, when you say you're so bollocks, it just means you're all right. You know, the sort of way. But I wouldn't be buying him points in their hands. Not a chance. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I think you would. The chipper. <laughs> right. The Italian chipper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Giuseppe Servi, who uh, sometime in the, the 1880s mistakenly got off uh, in America. Where are you reading this from? Oh, no, no, this is all, I, I knew all this. This is real. <laughs> this happened. It's okay. Um, but he, he mistakenly got off a boat that was supposed to go to America, and he got off the boat in Queenstown and Cove in County Cork, for anyone who's not from Ireland watching. And he walked all the way to Dublin, and uh, he eventually started a fishing chip shop. And he even made the mistake um, that he was uh, – the other mistake, apart from getting off the boat at the wrong stop, he was frying chestnuts when he started frying potatoes. And that's how we got for our chips. <laughs> that's serious. But anyway, look, those those two mistakes bring me on to reason for. How did he you, come up with better burgers then? Oh, I don't know. Worley burgers. What was reason three? three. What was reason three, come on. That, you said that brings me on to number four. Oh, sorry, reason three. I thought we caught, I thought I discussed two. Well, okay, I'll come up with it on the, the national anthems whopper. Um anyway. That's uh, so, three. That's that's good enough for me. Yeah, mm. right. Reason reason for uh, speaking of mistakes, we all know someone, right? It was ma or grandma or great grandma mistakenly got knocked up by an Italian sailor, or at least <laughs> an <What>? Italian. Yeah. <laughs> Do we? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not out on the north side where there's no harbors, but. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, Look, at least, or at least we know someone who uh, they, they, you know, they said they were a sailor. So I think um, Italian blood is an all of us Irish DNA, and, and the re- reason for it, Italian food, carbs, carbs, and more carbs. In the same way, we eat potatoes often, uh, and more, more often than not, with multiple types of potatoes in our meals. The Italians eat spaghetti, ravioli, and gnocchi all at once. So uh, Andy loved that bread too. And legend even says that all Mr. Brennan, when he was making his first loaf of bread, made a complete fugazi of it. And that's where they got the batch loaf. So, oh my God. 
<laughs> that's true. Gone on an absolute mad one. <laughs> Andy, this is absolutely fucking mental. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's how Batch began. He was. He was. He Do you know what it. this is like? You know the. You know in the in the um, in the game shows where they go right. Yeah. Andy's going to tell you a story here, and you have to decide if it's true or false. Because eight or ten cats <laughs> or something does this, and I'm here going, "This is a fucking spoof." He walked no, all the seriously. way to Dublin, and instead of throwing he chestnuts, did. he ended up with chips. Stop yeah, it! And that's that's why we end up with like I don't look. You've never tasted their chips like uh, with chipper. How do they do that? Does anyone know? You can't Which, do that at home. You can't replicate chipper chips at home, and you can't when you go over to England and you go on to one of their chippies. You can't get chipper chips over there. They're not the same. What what did he be doing? You're a bit Italian, Phil. You can. It's a different oil, Andy. That's not the reason. There must be it something is. else. It's yeah. like why you can't get decent Guinness outside of Ireland and Nigeria. It's whatever. Mm. What, what, the minerals in the soil in the two countries are very similar, right? And that's what drives the, the similar taste. So Nigeria makes as good a Guinness as Ireland does. And that's the only two places you should drink Guinness. Anywhere else in the world, it's just a load of shit, right? So basically, it's the oil that we have here. It's the uh, that's That's basically what it is. It's just the oil that we have in Ireland. Can we make it here. Should Great we stuff. should we contact the um uh also the potatoes Italian the traditional other... Irish Chippers Association or whatever they call themselves? We should ring them right now. There should have been there should have been free fucking this was, uh, if this was the, the old days up in, in the bunker, we would have got Andy to pick up the phone and ring the Irish Italian Chippers Association and ask them to uh I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on to them. I'm gonna get on to them and ask them, can they come on and tell us what the crack is? How do you make chipper chips? Antoine was asking, and a few have asked, um, what the fuck is chipper chips? Um so ah, chipper chips are different. Chipper chips are different <laughs> to like your normal chips at home. Um they're, they're amazing. What? What, what, okay, we, we better try to explain. So and if you've ever watched the Eddie Murphy sketch about welfare <laughs> burgers, right? Um, essentially, chipper chips in Ireland, if you'd go to the chipper, right? So in Think in England, they call it, is it the chippy in England they call it? It's yeah, the, chippies. The, yeah, because they can't they can't talk properly. So it's the chipper, right? So you go to the chipper and you get <laughs> chips in the chipper, right? And they put like salt and vinegar in top. Now, the trick is the vinegar is lovely, but it only ever gets to the top of the chips. And it's the same with the salt. You have like loads of salt at the top of the chips and then none down the bottom. So you always want that's, to take the whole top. Ah, no, that's how you're not, you're not, you're not in a good uh, chip. No, you, 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 yeah. you got you got it's the way they shake it. It's the way they shake the bag. It's the time shake. A mate of mine goes to the chipper, asks for a bag of chips, right? And then he, he he loves the salt and vinegar. And he says, Salt and vinegar, yeah, just put a bit on. And what he does is when they hand him the when he hands him the bag. He opens the bag and he uses the salt of right, vinegar right. himself, and then says, "Give us another bag," and puts them in and walks home. Mm. So he's getting actually that's double lock. Veranda cheese normally mm. comes in with some type of sexual reference, but he makes a good point there. Right, give, him a, um, give him a minute. No, no we we'll get one. There's no Italian chippers in England. That's actually probably the the the. That's because he got off in Cork and he walked all the way. To he double. got off in Cork. If if he landed in England, he'd be all talking about Italian chippers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Italian chippers, Andy, that's number four. Can, can I give you one? Um, no, let me just finish off because because our, our relationship with the Italians goes way back. Uh, to, to oh my 16, god, he's got the Google in this. This is ah uh, here. No, sixteen oh eight. The Irish Earls O'Neill and O'Donnell arrived in Rome to seek help from the Pope. Pope Paul V, I believe he was. After <laughs> on July twelfth. On July twelfth, the massive Orange Day. Are you going to start talking about the Pope on the YouTube? Well, look. The Pope, oh, just the Pope back then was was, was spot on. Um, and a, after look after the O'Neills and the O'Donnells were forced out of in Ireland by the British. 
they went uh, to seek help from the Pope and he looked after them big time. And they lived over there happily ever after. And they were buried in a church, the church of uh, San Pietro McCarty. in Montario, <laughs> which indicates... <laughs> which, read that bit. Which Mount indicates, Argus. right? <laughs> Shut the fuck up for a second. It indicates <laughs> the highest esteem the Italians had for these Gaelic chieftains. So the Italians loved us first. And now we are all Italian men. And we love it. And we didn't, and we didn't even need all of those reasons that Phil was <laughs> listing off there for hating the English and, and not wanting them to win. We're practically Italian here in Ireland. And Jer Cahill, Leo Bordock was over in Italy. I've got a, there's an interest. Uh, Jer Bordock, um, Leo Bordock was with me in Italian 90 with his good lady wife and she used to sing a fantastic rendition of Summer Loving and The Living Is Easy and she sang that to loads of the Italian coppers who swapped their uniforms with the Irish um, fans that were in the hotel after we uh, played the English that night and Kevin Sheedy scored the goal um, and of course I've told that story many times but yeah and we also drank the Italian sergeant under the table um, to the point that he collapsed and he ended up having to come back the next morning fully dressed in an Ireland kit and begging one of the lads from Donegal to give him back his uniform <laughs> and his hat and everything right <laughs> uh, but yeah the Italians love us the, I'll say I've I've been to a couple of events in Italy, as, uh, which I won't go into on this as well. You know, um, and and you've been to some as well, similar events to to, to that. But yeah. I, I, I'll I'll I'd say Italy is my favorite country on the planet. Um, I've never been to a country. I've been to I've been to Rome. I've been to Florence. Been to Milan. Um, been to Siena. Uh, lots of places in Tuscany, and it's just spectacular. So when we talk about it, the wine, is just obviously just the obvious things. The wines, but one of the best things that I've had in Italy was trying to learn how to eat their dishes because they don't eat food like we eat food. And this is why you know Mancini is is still in great nick at whatever age he is, right? So they have like the antipasti which you know is your, is, is your starter and then they have like the primi piatti and the secondi piatti and they have little aperitivos in between and the whole lot now when your typical Irishman gets there I want me spaghetti bolognese just saying stereotypical torn up I think we're getting the spaghetti bolognese but the pasta comes in the primi piatti and then the meat comes in the secondi piatti right so it's like it's the strangest thing but it's a very good way of eating because it fills you up as you go along so you don't eat as much and that's why there's not too many overweight Italians in comparison and that and they, they smoke 125 cigarettes a minute. I'm all <laughs> in. Like- I'm all in. Um, th- th- that's, that's all for me. I went to Italy two years ago and um, the weather was lovely and did a great water park. I have nothing else to add. Um, I had a great time. That's the only time I've been in Italy. I've actually, I've never been and I would love to go. I would love to go. Uh, I went, I went to the Venice pre-pandemic but um, yeah, we, Obviously we landed that, but in the Venice. But I would, um, I kind of got back into like Italian football actually in the last couple of years. I read a couple of books. I read uh, John Foot's book about uh, John Foot. Italian. That's a great name, isn't it? That's a great it's name a for reading football Foot's book. book. Yeah, John Foot's book on uh, Italian, uh, all things Italian Whacker football Whacker from Foot's the book. beginning. Yeah, and it was it was quality. <laughs> I read a, I read a, I read an ultras book as well. Um, um, that was that was mad. That was like the ultras do great work as well over there, as, as well as being fucking mad. Uh, like they'll they like ultras will commandeer say um, a building that's fucking getting uh, dilapidated, and they'll turn it into social housing and stuff like that. And all they do some do some great work over there. But yeah, the football is kind of the thing that really attracts me. Italy, I'd be uh, I like watching Italian football, and 
uh, kind of got back into it in the last couple of years because obviously it was great back in the day with James Richardson and Gaza and all that and, and football Italia. But um, yeah, look, I was I was I backed them at the start to win the order, so I was obviously delighted uh, that th- that they won it yesterday. But yeah, it was great. It was great. Any any other parts of um, Italy you want to uh, t- Italian things you want to recommend? Any like the, the style, well, the cars, the car, the fast cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis. That are you're saying, you're saying this what, what about no one, you're, you're saying like let's recommend the Ferrari as if no one's ever fucking heard. Of it. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm talking about a Lamborghini. Uh, what about oh, the suits on them? Though, I'll tell you something. What about, into, what about the suits on them? If you're into coliseums, what a fucking place to go! Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, we all know it's this. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I've been to the second best coliseum on the earth, and it's not in Italy. No, it's in Famous. Tunisia. Oh, no, it's in Tunisia. Tunisia. Yeah. Mm. Well, look, this isn't the Tunisia show. This is the Italy show. And you will have all the facts googled next week for Tunisia. Italy, Italy is great in all seriousness. Uh, that what you were saying, you were planning a trip to Italy and it got postponed. But Sicily, Tuscany, fucking Florence. I went. I got married in Cartona, and no one from Ireland was really being car- in Cartona apart from the, the guests from my wedding. If you walk around, I know, I know where you Green got married. Hills, I was in the resort. I was in the, in the in, yeah, but that's a different. Oh, that's a different. How did you get into my resort? Because there was probably a similar reason. It was unbelievable. No, no, you weren't. We we discussed this before we we got married. It wasn't the same place. No, we didn't. That wasn't the same place that we ended up. But I went around viewing loads of places. Oh. Oh, see. So, uh, yeah. I'll be listening to him. The sort of place he's telling you, you don't want to go to, buddy. No, you should go to. You you can fly fly into Pisa, uh, fly into Rome. It's only north of Rome. Fly into Florence and go south. It's. it's an amazing place, Cartona. When you walk around Cartona, it's just full of Americans. That's a lot of Americans will go there. Amazing, uh, medieval uh, town, Quite incredible. And the views are like across the countryside, um, bit like bit like Sicily. Amazing. Italy is fucking great, and the field is is the best field in the world. And what wrecks me head about uh, Italian field though is how it's bastardized so much when you go. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in England or you're, you're here, even you go for an, an Italian, it's never, it's never an Italian ever. It's pizza or it's like lasagna or bolognese or something. A proper Italian, it's like you say, Phil, spread across a night with plenty of wine. You won't get a better night. Uh, I, I, I give my recommendation for if, if you want to go to Italy, Shane, I'm going to give you a little different place to go to, right? So, my cousins, my, 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 Cousins are from a place called Copertino, which is down in the Sweet heel of Italy. It's in Puglia, right? Puglia, <laughs> down in Barry. Yeah, yeah, just down past yeah. Barry. But they, it's 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 for a little bit further south than Barry, so you can fly into Barry Airport and it's only half an hour drive. But instead of going to Copertino, I'm telling you, the place to go to is a little village on the coast, and it's in this sort of indentation between the heel and the toe, and it's called Porto Cesario, and it has the most incredible, incredible sort of beach. With these clear blue waters, it's like it's a combination of of Mediterranean and Caribbean beauty. It's just the the, the place to go. It's also out of, out of the place, and most Italians go to Puglia on their own holidays because it's nowhere near as expensive as it is to go to the north of Italy. And the flights are also cheaper at Ryanair, so you get them door cheap at the moment. So if I'm saying something to you, 
get on remember the old uh, vaccine passport is out there now you can fly all over italy get a couple of quick tickets down to barley and you'll pick up a place for next to nothing down on parts of cesario and you'll have the most amazing time you get yourself a whole tanker of wine down there for about three euro and it's the most amazing wine you drink just it's as i said italy is it's great that italy won took the, the european trophy home so it's, it's the only thing i'd say is i'd love to see it'd be great now if they brought in a rule that whoever wins the Europeans have to host it like the Eurovision. So the only way Italy won it last night, if they won it right, they mm. have to host the next one. So the only way you get to host the tournament is to win the tournament. That will be the best ever. I think I think, think it's been a, I, I think it's a great idea. Like um or you know yeah if the Eurovision concept is good and, and people can host. I think it's been a great show but I feel so brilliant, sorry for Catherine Thomas because Oh, hopes of getting, oh, hopes of getting a job now. I'm back on no frontiers. I wish you were here or anything like that is fucked. Because Phil and, the Andy, pro- Phil and Andy, the, the, the Phil and Andy have been around about four square miles of Italy, and they told you now exactly where to go, regardless of what you need. The, Poor Catherine Thomas. The problem with that Eurovision thing, though, Phil, is do you remember Ireland kept winning it and then we had to purposely send someone shy out because we yeah. couldn't afford to keep hosting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it used to be lethal at that we did. I don't yeah. know what I don't know what uh, Veranda Chase talking about there. Uh, I don't remember him having a run in. And just to clarify, that reads like I have multiple wedding organizers, and this is me in Italian. <laughs> That's not the case. This is this is actually <laughs> this was just the person who organized my wedding, and I don't remember it for you. <laughs> so you can clarify if you can tell the story, uh, Veranda, walk away. Don't know what it is. So at the end of all that, boys. Um, Fuck knows. <laughs> After all that. It's great. No, um, it just means yeah. that um, we didn't actually follow Italy last night or support Italy through any hatred for our, our lovely neighbours. Um, there's there's many nice people that we're friends with in the UK that did support England last night, and we won't name any names. But uh, some of them are scousers. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie home. I don't think Jamie did. Did he? Jamie. Oh, Jamie he had, did. I yes, did. he did. 100%. He was Jamie, I know. I know. He. I know. He. He, was, he said that the players were a nice bunch of lads, which, which ah, they kind was, of. They kind of Jamie of has. Jamie went out and bought an England jersey with um, Rashford, whatever his number is, in the back of it, and he has a Harry Kane number nine one hinned up in the house. Now he has in the in the kitchen. It's it's going up. We'll see the picture soon. Mm. as a label on it but anyway no in fair and uh, hard luck uh, to England last night <laughs> 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 it was very no, lucky to be honest with you I, I, I was not plus it didn't bother me who won it um, the only thing ah, I think the biggest thing for everyone is not it's not the fact that England could win a football tournament because let's be honest let's put it our players are players that you you watch every week do you know what sort of way um <laughs> Miranda Chase says it was a Facebook fight. You maybe delete the comments. We will leave okay. it at that. Okay. Yeah. You better leave it at that. But um last minute winners podcast. Can we do next week's show in Germany? Interestingly, I think that's oh, a great idea. You're not fucking an hour and a half of Phil telling us about Cologne. Fuck off. Uh, yeah, um, fucking over in Vinny's bar in Cologne. Yeah. I've been in the If Vinny wants to invite us over and put us up and we'll do some shows in his bar, that's no uh, problem. Uh Gav, I'm working on that. Okay, good stuff. Um, the, am I invited? You are indeed. Ah, oh, that's great. You walk away, yeah. so. 
<laughs> but um, no, I don't think it was the football stuff because, like, I'd have loved to see Henderson win win that tournament. Um, you know, if he had been there, him as well, and there's a couple of English players that aren't Liverpool players that I quite like. Um, but it's the media, it's the media that kills them. You know, they they, they blew it up so much, and I think that's where most of it comes from. It's not the actual li- England winning. It's like, oh, what are we gonna have to fucking listen to, and for how long? You know, we're Did still going on about the World Cup. Did you see that? See a man who um, they were giving out stink about in the press box. The, yeah. the journalist oh, that yeah, was dressed he was in the Italian jersey. From Scotland. <laughs> dressed in the Italian jersey, screaming yeah. his head off at the England fans yeah. when he won. The yeah. English journalist going mentlers. <laughs> Turns out he was the sports journalist, sports journalist for the Daily Record up in Scotland. Yeah. And he was made lead the press lo- box. I, I love that though. That's great. That's yeah. brilliant. I, I have a lot of respect for that. Of course, now they the, of course the decorum shown by the English media would have been amazing, as you can imagine what's going on. Um, the one thing I will say, lads, Viali. The last thing I'll just note on this: Gianluca Viali has fought cancer for the last year or so, um, and seeing him win, be part of that coaching team, and seeing him with the smile on his face, like for a fella who, whenever you've seen him interviewed or you hear stories about him the whole lot, how how well people speak of him, how much of a character he seems to be but also a beloved character of his of his friends and his, his teammates and and even italian football in general it's great you, to see a guy like yeah Gianluca Vialli. yeah if, if you want to know a little bit about him or if you want to just see what he means to people this is way off tangent but yep. you know um tubes from sky sports he has his own golf youtube channel and he recently right. done i think it was yeah it was tubes and he does it with Gianfranco zola and very early in the video, we asked him about Gianluca Vialli, and you can just see the way Zola talks about him. He's actually telling him that he feels better. This is obviously filmed a couple of months ago or whatever, but um, you can see by even the way Zola's talking about Gianluca Vialli that he's just, he is so loved and so respected. Um, is this what you're, is this what you're going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always always he never fails that's it right listen that has been the forum uh, I want to thank everyone in the comments tonight um, it's been a great laugh and it's been a, an enjoyable travel show this week um, we've gone we started off in, in Austria we made our way back to London and we went from London across the plains of Lombardy and down through the, the Apennines and all the way down to the heel of Italy um, and of course and that is and go by a cove alongside the flight of the earls and then and Tunisia and Tunisia <laughs> went around Tunisia and then came back to the Vatican City in the end to get some help off the Pope um, I want to thank everyone for the comments that have been coming in tonight it's been enjoyable to read them and see the debate that's been going along I want to of course thank Gav the main man uh, who organises all the shows and puts it all together which is fantastic um, I want to say a big thanks to Shane which is on about Shane will be back up now at three o'clock in the morning. He's gone off to do loads of things. He's great. Like, uh, doesn't sleep. <laughs> delivers <that> chippers. <laughs> delivering, delivering the chips to the Italian chippers. So we can well, have is. Uh, and of course, that is Andy Young, the man who has a list of t- amazing things about Italy that he that he that he came up with himself. He just went and did all the research himself. I just I just hope people have learned something tonight. That's yeah. that's all I wanted. That's all I wanted to achieve. That people demand that you spent a fortune on fucking uh, window cleaners. That's what you learned. That's <laughs> <laughs> the window cleaner. Get that. Get that blind. Just want the back of the house done, bud. It's yeah, being a fucking just, crew. Uh, and up the top. And up yeah. the top. Right. I have permission um, to get the windows fucking washed. That has been the forum. 
I have been your host, Phil Casey. We've got loads of shows coming along this week. And if you can, spare the Euro, fill out Anfield for Sienna. The link is in the in the oak. Uh, Andy, you've got the t-shirt there, Airmate Sienna, right in terms of what it is. The stuff on the on the website to go buy. Um, if you can, please do. But it's only cost us. Is a euro or a pound to fill out? We want to, we euro. want to get fifty three thousand. Fifty three thousand into Anfield um for a great cause for a young girl that can have life changing surgery. Um and it's only gonna cost you a euro. Like honestly, if you have a euro then you can spare yeah, it, no please. If do. you have a euro you spend the euro. If you have twenty euro, bring the family and your cousins yeah. and all to uh, to Anfield. There's there's loads of tickets available all together in the cup. First time and the only time you'll ever be able to do that. <laughs> so, uh, it's the only time. It's the only time we can get fifty three thousand into the cup. You can all be in the cup. If you all buy a ticket, it can be everyone. Everyone's ticket can be a cup ticket, right? Yeah. right we'll even we'll even we'll even bring Andy's Italian um, wedding yeah. uh, planner, um, the the French German. And whatever other country we'll have to walk on. But the big thing for the lads is if you have a Euro, give it. But the major thing is to spread the word. So when you if you get that if you get that link and you and you pay a Euro, don't stop there. You know, pick a WhatsApp group, pick a, a fucking chat in Facebook, whatever it might be, and just throw the link in there. And we're trying to make this rule up that if you get the link, by all means donate. Means have to spread, you have to keep going. Like COVID. Keep fucking spreading the thing, right? And like COVID, <laughs> and we'd be absolutely fine. If it spreads like COVID, we'd sell this out in no time. I think that's the, the yeah. model of this story. Yeah, it could yeah. be the best variant, the Sienna variant. Mm. Let's get, let's, let's, yeah. let's, let, let's get this spread, right? So now 50, 50, how many, whatever it is, you want to sell out around 53,394. Can we not do the 61,000 with the Amphibian? We can. I think that's, we should. If we fill so it, we, we keep filling it. Well, exactly. Davo, Davo does a bit of plastering. So we can get the 53,394. Davo will knock the Anfield Road end out. Um, yeah. quick do the breakout and then fucking sort. Seven, another 7,000 yeah. tickets we put on sale then. then Nobody's going to miss out. We'll organise another game. Or another stadium. Yeah. yeah, we can get Wembley. We can knock down the security barriers and get everyone. The only thing is you can get the Wembley for free nowadays. You don't need yeah. to sell tickets. Or Gordison, you can go to and we'll, we'll only charge a half price. 50, 50 cent. Red Steve says he's buying one um, for the old main stand behind the pillar, or he's not buying it at all. But there you go. <laughs> right, look, that has been a quattro. Buona notte. Sports Social Podcast Network.